feel it coming in the air yeah. And the screams from everywhere yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill It's a dangerous Sorry. love affair Can't be scared when it goes down Got a problem, tell me Sorry. now Only thing that's on my mind Is who go around this town tonight hey, Welcome to the Formula Sports Talk It is a Thursday morning, we are live I am in the studio alone. We got a lot to talk about, though. We got a full, full lineup of sports. The NFL scheduling has come out. We'll get into that. Cardinals play a Monday night game. Definitely will be at that game. And it's against another team that I played with, the San Diego Chargers, Monday night. Cardinals have three primetime games. We'll talk about some baseball. I, I want to get into that first. Um, I want to get into uh, the Pineal, Pine, Pine Top, or whatever substance he had on his neck uh we get into that if you watched a lot of basketball last night i was supposed to go over buddy house and watch the game i was so tired tired from being in the cardinals tournament cardinals had a uh, golf tournament at whirlwind was a pretty good one too bad i didn't win because they had a lot of great prizes 50 inch screens or 55 inch screens tv macbook airs and and a bunch of other stuff for the top three teams i think jay feely won jake feely and he had some cheater with him butch um but that was a good event. I was tired. Um, and I think the Cardinals don't want me to win anymore because every time I play, I mean, I used to win a lot of those tournaments. But now they put me with guys who cannot play, literally cannot play. I play with Justin Bethel. Justin Bethel was a special teams, outstanding special teamer for the Arizona Cardinals. He went to the Pro Bowl. I think he went to the Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl twice as a special teamer. But he's uh came in as a corner, still can play corner. He's a good serviceable backup. Uh, when things go down. Um, but on special team is where he makes his living. He's a pro bowler, special teamer, cannot play a lick, but he wants to play. You can tell when a guy gets into it, he wants to play. Play with uh, Robert Tate. I don't even know why he was out there. I had no idea. Maybe to get the 400 or $500 concept shop, which the Cardinals do a great job with the concept shop. You give a lot of stuff out. You go out there and get that stuff. Uh, and what I do is I take miles back to Vans to get a lot of credit so I get uh, the things I really want from Vans, who's been taking care of me for a long time. And who else? I had L.J. Shelton was supposed to play. He showed up, got the concept shop, and left. Didn't even play. Came with flip-flops on. And Frank Sanders. Frank helped out a little bit, but my point is they put a lot of guys who cannot play or who don't play at a high level so I don't win anymore. Which is crazy. So now I got to get closer to the pen, longest drive, and all that stuff. Uh, but it, that's why I was tired. But I ended up coming home watching some, watching some um, basketball. Great games went on last night. Uh, we will get into that. Um, talk about this baseball situation. You know, with the um, with the New York Yankees pitcher. How many times do you need to be caught? And then, and I should have got some of my baseball guys to call in. But how many times do you need to be caught? The excuse was, or is, that he doesn't want to hit anyone with the ball. And I know he was out for the 2012, 2013 season having shoulder surgeries. But at, at what point At what point do you – is it cheating or is it I, – I don't, I don't know. I should have got some – like I said, I should have got some baseball guys to call in and talk more about, more about this. The pine tar of, of Pineda's um, – April 10th, it was on his wrist. 
just the other day, yesterday, it was on his neck. He didn't have it in the first couple of innings. And this is a guy who pitches 93 miles per hour. He didn't have it in the first couple of innings. Then it was on his wrist, April 10th. Yesterday, it was on his neck. Is it, does it give you more control or does it give you an advantage? I think anything in any sport that gives you an advantage that no one else can use is, is banned, should be illegal, or is it cheating, unless everyone can use it. So I say that to say the, the pine tar can be used for batters as far as grip. So I don't see really the difference in if a batter can use, <clears throat> excuse me, if a batter can use it at bat for his grip, then why can't a pitcher use it? Does it does anything different? And it's kind of an unwritten law um, that a lot of teams don't mind if the pitchers do use it. And I hear that talk. Be, I hear that talk, and the reason why because of the safety of it. So Pineda was ejected, um, and they say due to a foreign substance on his neck, which they know ex- exactly what it was because it was the same thing that was on his forearm April 10th. Is it illegal? Is it not? Does it give you more control uh, as a pitcher? Well, the batters can use it. If the batters can use it, why can't the pitchers use it? I know one thing is for grip, one thing is control. Uh, you got pitchers pitching 93, but his excuse, uh, his reasons why were he didn't want to hit anybody with a ball. And if you watched the game yesterday when the Yankees, before they threw him out, well, you did see the first inning, the first two innings, that he was all over the place with the ball. And I think that's more a confidence than anything, more of a mentality than anything. Will he be suspended? He'll probably miss, he'll probably miss uh, 10 days, 15 days, and therefore starting pitchers three innings. I mean, not, I'm sorry, not three innings, but three games. If it's 10 days, pitchers start every five days. Their rotations every five days, so if it's 10 days, he will miss two games. Um, but how he come back and how he's perceived and how he's looked at or, or how he's looked at is will be the next thing he deals with. So I say just get out in front of it now and say why you was using it. He did do a little bit of that in his press conference that he wanted more, it wasn't more controlled, that he just didn't want to hit any, any of the batters. I think it's not an issue if the opposing team don't even bring it up, but when when you've had an incident such as he had April 10th, then you have to wonder when is his next start and are we going to see another four substance? It was on the right side of his neck. I know they used to, a lot of pitchers done it in the past. They put it in their glove. They put it in their hand. They, they found somewhere to put it where it's, it's even gone as far as where their catcher will put it somewhere on his shin guards to help the pitcher out. Is it cheating or is it just a, a substance, a more controlled substance that you can use? Because, again, the batters use it. The batters use it to, to grip the ball, so why can't a pitcher use it? And I might have one of the baseball guys call in, um, uh, 888-346-9144. That's the number. If you want to call in, uh, they may lose. He's probably going to be suspended for about 10, 15 days. Um, but, again, that that being that being what it is, and the guys, he's an all star. He made the all star team. I want to say as a rookie, he was with the Seattle Mariners. 
that was 2011, I want to believe. I want to say 2011, 2011, he was an all-star with the Seattle Manor, so he comes over. He's a uh, Dominican Republic. And then they talk about the translation that, okay, you don't know the rules. You don't, you didn't hear the, you didn't hear the instructions that you can't use this or not. Well, I, I don't believe that'd be the case. That cannot be an excuse or a reason why or reason why not that he continued to use the pine tar. Michael Pineda is about to face suspensions for using pine tar for the second time. And we're talking about a guy who made the All-Star as a rookie. Talking about a guy in 2012-2013, missed the entire season due to shoulder, shoulder surgeries. So a lot of guys come back with the situation. And this, this happens in a lot of sports for a lot of reasons or, or a lot of excuses. You get a big contract. You want to live up to that contract. So you start taking some enhancements, some PEDs. And you say that's the reason why. With the stress that comes with it, you want to lose, you want to, you want to be able to maintain the status you had before you got the contract. Well, if you wasn't on any PDs or you wasn't taking anything crazy or you wasn't doing anything illegal before you got the contract, just keep doing what you're doing. You're just gonna get better and better if you practice a certain way. So the next thing for Michael Pineda is his confidence, his mentality. How how is he gonna come back? Will he be able to pitch? Will he be come out? And put that behind him, put that aside. Because we are talking about a, a, a all-star as a rookie. We're still talking about a guy who throws 93 miles per hour. He's only 25 years old. 25 years old, uh, right-handed pitcher for the New York Yankees. What would be the next step for him? And again, a lot of, there's, there's ways to do it. I, I would ask the question because I don't know for sure. Is it illegal? If, if anybody can use it, is it illegal? If the batters can use it when they put it on their bats for grip control, then why not the pitchers? And a lot of, and, and I've heard through the, a lot of the commentating other TV shows uh, that the batters don't even mind. Well, they'd rather not get hit with a ball. They'd rather not get hit with a 93-mile-per-hour fastball, regardless of what helmets they have on or what shin guards they have on, elbow pads they have on. It's still a 93-mile-per-hour fastball. And at that point, Pinedo, he's only allowed just two runs in 18 innings. Struck out 15 batters, um, three walks. Did it have anything to do with the pine tar? We will see with the suspension, suspension that comes up, that comes out forward. A lot of the Yankees' uh, front office, the uh, team, um, Definitely, the coach said it's not a it's not a big deal. We have to deal with it. But the you know as far as the owners, the general managers, they are saying that you know we have to deal with the consequences of what's to come. The suspension is not going to come from the New York Yankees. The, the suspension is going to come from the Major League Baseball officials. Again, that might only be a two game suspension, which is a ten day game suspension. It could be more because it's not his first offense. This is his second time within a month and a half. This is his second offense within a month and a half. Michael Pinedo could face a lengthy, a lengthy suspension for using pine tar on the mound. Now, I mentioned other pitchers have done it. There has been suspensions uh, due to that, so it wouldn't make anything different from him depending on where the, where the sport of baseball is going. And they can't afford another setback as far as 
the illegalities or the 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 substance abuse, the the things they use to make to get an edge over the game. And it's a tough and it's a decision they gotta make. It's a decision that the Yankees will have to make, the major league baseball will have to yank, uh, other pitchers doing it. How how thoroughly you gonna watch them? Off season baseball, the whole emphasis was on the not the, the it was, was on the replay, the instant replay. It was on the back catcher covering up the uh, plate. So where does baseball go from here as far as if pine tars allow or not? Because, again, everyone is using it, mostly everyone, as far as the gripping. And I'm talking about batters. I'm talking about pitchers. Now, is, there, is a, there is a bag on the mound that pitchers can use, but I, th- I don't think that's just enough uh, as far as gripping, as far as wiping the sweat off their hands where they can grip the ball so they don't have any wild pitchers. But I don't think that's enough. Pine tar really sticks to your fingers. Gives them more control. Gives them more control on their on their uh, different kinds of pitches. I will keep out on that. I will want to say this. There's only three coaches. Greg Popovich, Pat Riley, and Don Nelson. I'm talking basketball now. Greg Popovich, Pat Riley, and Don Nelson. Only three coaches to win Coach of the Year honors three times. I'm going to take a quick break, but I'm going to come back, and I'm going to tell you what Phil Jackson says about that. Is he bitter? Uh, what does he say about the San Antonio Spurs? Kwame Lassie Sports Talk. We'll take a break, and we'll come right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Arms. 
Welcome back to the Kwame Lasso Sport Talk. We are live. It is a Thursday. We were talking about the baseball situation with the pine tar and pitchers using it. Is it illegal? If everyone can use it, if the batters can use it as far as controlling their grip on holding a bat, is it illegal for pitchers to use it? 888-346-9144 is the number if you want to chime in on that. I did talk about we were going to say talk about football, the schedule, the NFL schedule has coming out. And real quickly, as I look at the schedule, and we don't get into football later, but the when I look at the Dallas Cowboys schedule, I see six and ten. Talk about that later. I think the NFC West and the AFC West might be the best conference to play in, as far as the toughness, as far as the competition. Phil Jackson says the San Antonio Spurs are not a dynasty. The San Antonio Spurs is in. My, if I remember correctly, they've won four NBA championships. They've been five times. Phil Jackson, Chicago Bulls and Los Angeles Lakers coach. Phil Jackson, 11, I believe so, NBA championships. Phil Jackson had Jordan, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and a bunch of very important role role players with the Chicago Bulls. Phil Jackson has not won Coach of the Year three times. Only three coaches have done that. And before we went to break, I talked about those coaches, who they were. Greg Popovich, Pat Riley, and Don Nelson. I don't know if this bitterness or not. With an extensive resume, an outstanding resume that Phil Jackson has, what makes you come out and say that, and this is arguably, but what makes you come out and say that the San Antonio Spurs, who went to five NBA championships and won four, is not a dynasty? Dynasty. Phil Jackson is back in football. He's head of basketball operation for the New York Knicks, and maybe he's trying to shake up some things. He's getting back into the mix as far as competition is concerned. Or maybe just he just can't pass up that opportunity to create a rivalry again first thing he needs to worry about is getting Carmelo Anthony if I'm not mistaken Carmelo Anthony can make more with the New York Knicks before going to free agency making less but there is a great trade-off for Carmelo I think the money Carmelo has made in the league I think he's fine I don't know I'm not in his pocket I don't like to count anybody else's money but He's always had the top contracts, if I'm not mistaken, so he should be fine with that. But it also comes down to winning basketball games. As we watch these NBA championship playoffs, we're watching the, I'm watching the Chicago Bulls lose games that, you know, you would think they would win. Now they don't they have a lot of defense. You give it up to Tom Thibodeau, who has who has that team playing defense year in and year out. Uh, defensive coach of the year, once again. We'll talk about some NBA awards in a second. But you look at Carmelo Anthony and where he can go and possibly win in the Chicago Bulls, it changed the whole dynamics of who the Chicago Bulls team would be. That's that's if Derrick Rose come back, a healthy Derrick Rose. That's if Derrick Rose come back and play or run that point. You got Kirk Heinrich over there who can st- who's still playing at a high level. If Derrick Rose come back, what they have over there, Noel, who's the defensive player of the year, 
and you have Carmelo Anthony, you are now talking about a Chicago Bulls team that the conversation would be about winning the championship. Because there's no other place, really in my mind, there's no other place for Carmelo Anthony to go, or should I say there's no other excuses for him to, to turn to. If you leave New York, what they call the mecca of basketball, and that's arguably between anybody else who holds the Staples Center, if you will. The, what is the Alamo Dome? If you leave New York, Carmelo Anthony, and you go to Chicago, you have no more excuses. You have to make that work and get a champ and bring a championship to that city once again because you will have a Dirk Rose, a different Dirk Rose. And we know Dirk Rose, when he got his first injury, he, he set off for a whole year. He came back on his own time, his own terms, which I completely agree with. But when you come back and you get hurt again, you got to, you got to wonder if he could have played on it and got it, got it stronger or where was the strength in that. But you will have an explosive Derrick Rose a Carmelo Anthony, uh, Noah, Tom Thibodeau, defensive-minded coach, who's won defensive coach of the year uh, before, and you got a bunch of role players. So you're looking at you're looking at four factors. You're looking at three to four factors that the Chicago Bulls can be successful. But why would Phil Jackson worry so much about the Spurs not being a dynasty when you need to take care of the New York? Knicks and and creating some type of chemistry there because you have a Stoudemire felt uh you have a Chandler Tyson Chandler Stoudemire you have uh, if you can keep Carmelo Anthony you have those pieces around you have a lot of pieces around you J.R. Smith if you don't trade him you have those guys around you but what do you bring as far as the chemistry what do you bring and then you talk about bringing in Steve Kerr as the coach, who Steve Kerr has never, be a co- never been a coach in the NBA. Not to say that he can't do it, uh, but maybe that's just something he wanted to get off his list. And maybe it's just the offense that he know of so well, having playing under Phil Jackson in Chicago. But Steve Kerr is pretty much a general manager, if that's the direction he's going to go. And he could be anything you want to be, but when you look at Steve Kerr, you, do you see coach or do you see general manager? I think there's a... Um, Brian Shaw out there, who's uh, put that time in on different uh, benches in the NBA behind head coaches. Well, at what point does Brian Shaw get his shot at it? Because Brian Shaw was under Phil Jackson also as a Laker. There's uh, there's talk about Dirk Fisher, which I still, when I say that, I still picture Brian Shaw as the guy. Steve Kerr, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's going to get done. I can't really see that. That's going to look like a situation where, what, what was the player name? He, th- he threw the tower in, uh, the co- in Danny Ainge's face. What was his name? That looked like some of the players could do that to Steve Kerr, regardless of Phil Jackson being a gen- general manager or head of bo- uh, basketball operations or what have you. But I think, I don't know, do you have to win six games or six NBA championships? Do you have to win six of them to be listed as a dynasty? Because I know Phil won six with the Chicago Bulls, three and three. 
I know he's won. Um, what did it? How many did he win? Five with the Los Angeles Lakers. And the San Antonio's went five times and won four, regardless if that was under Tim Duncan or whomever that was there. They still got there, but the coach is the coach. And they could possibly win. They're in a position right now, even though they lost to the Dallas Mavericks. They're in it. This is a team we don't talk about because of the small market until we get to the playoffs and find out that they are always still a mainstay, the San Antonio Spurs. Could they win five this year? Could they represent the West? Who I think they would play in in the East would be the Miami Heat. That's a lot of good teams in the East. Now, I, I talked about the Phoenix Suns with that record they have. Phoenix Suns winning 48, 49 games would probably be a third seed in the East. But when you look at with the Charlotte Bobcats, a team that we haven't talked about rarely talked about this year and they find themselves as a number seven seed even though Al Jefferson is is hurt and I get to his injury uh, plantar, plantar fasciitis um, I get to that in a second but this team has taken the New York Knicks to the distance I'm sorry the Miami Heat they're taking the Miami Heat the distance Miami Heat has sustained a lead. I think the lead last night might have been 16, 14, 16 points. But they had a nice lead uh, with the New York, with the um, Miami Heat has a nice lead over the Charlotte Bobcats. And these guys worked their way back. Now you look at what that team is doing. You look at the, um, uh, the Heat taking a two-game lead and they have to go back to Charlotte and play. I think they'll get a game out of here. You know, regardless of... Uh, uh, Jefferson being hurt and playing a fast He said he ripped it off the bone, but the doctor said there's no more that you can injure it anymore. I do agree with a lot of the uh, uh, analysts that why risk your franchise when you know at the end of the day you're not going to beat the Miami Heat? Don't you sit Jefferson, Al Jefferson down? Sit him down and prepare for you. You've done a good job. I know. These guys are fighters. I know these guys are competitive. They're, they're grown men in a professional sport. But it has to make sense for your team. Sit these guys down. Sit him down and not risk any other injury to any other part of his body. Because it happens all the time. Regardless of what your mind is trying to do, if you overcompensate on one side, then you're going you're gonna to injure something on the, on the other side. No one's questioning your heart because we already seen that. We ever seen you got 100% of heart, if not more. Or if there's a such thing as having more, you have heart. You wouldn't have played, and he's playing at a high level. If it wasn't for the turnover in the final seconds, and when you're playing against a better team, a veteran team, when you're playing against those guys who's been there in Miami Heat, then it comes real close to crucial moments, and that's where the... Um, the Charlotte Bobcats lost the game in the final seconds because they were playing. They came back. They worked their way back into their game. They were playing. You can never give up, even though we all think that the Miami Heat is the best team in the East and arguably the best team in the league. When you're talking about the superstar caliber and the, and the numbers they put up or who can, who can guard whom, when we talk about them being the best team, 
We didn't talk anything about the Charlotte Bobcats, but they holding their own against the Miami Heat. Although, be it, they had two down in the series, but they have to go back to Charlotte. And hopefully they can get a game out of that. But I would suggest sitting down with Jefferson to continue to build your franchise. But that's just me. I can't question these guys' heart and their direction and whatever's going. If he can do it, he can do it. I'm going to take a quick break. I'm going to come back and I'm going to talk some more basketball. Kwame Lassi Sports Talk. We'll be right back. flagship station for sports voice america sports the job of a professional athlete is never complete in life after the game host lamar campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world you'll understand the goals motivations and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career tune in to life after the game with lamar campbell every tuesday at 2 p.m eastern time 11 a.m pacific time on the voice america sports channel Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Welcome back to the Formula Sports Talk. We are live. It is uh, Thursday, 888-346-9144. This is the number if you want to call in. Talking about some basketball. Uh, One of the comments made by Phil Jackson, who's back in the lead as a uh, basketball operations, all everything basketball operations for the New York Knicks. The owner of the team said he's going to stay out the way and let Phil Jackson run the show and bring that team back to some prominence, I guess. Uh, bring that arena, if anything, back to some prominence. So Phil Jackson, what he does is makes a comment that the San Antonio Spurs is not a dynasty. Now, I don't... I will have to be find out what makes the dynasty i know phil jackson in his extensive career resume uh 11 nba championships i want to say six six with the chicago bulls or six with michael jordan and scotty pippen and what was it five with kobe and shaq and then kobe and gasol gasol who's mentioned that he will only stay with the lakers if kobe kobe is coming back Let's see what the let's see what happened with that Casal and the Lakers because we talked about um, maybe Casal playing one year. I don't see an extensive contract if he was to come to the Phoenix Suns. We also talked about Kevin Love. I definitely can't see Kevin Love, California guy. It would be nice. It would help the team come into the Phoenix Suns. He's a California guy. I think he played in California in one year at uh. Where did, where did he play? UCLA? Play somewhere in California. But that guy gets the chance to go to the Lakers. 
I know he's Kevin Love has one year left on his contract, so the Phoenix Suns wouldn't make a trade for him right now. Why would you do that if you're not going to have him for the long term? If you're just buying him off for one or buying him for one year, that doesn't – because you're going to have to get rid of a lot of players, so that just debacles your team if you're the Phoenix Suns. Goran Dragic wins most improved player. Get into that in a second. But getting a Kevin Love for one year – who will be a free agent next year. So you're only buying them for one year. But in the process, you have to give up some of your key players to do so. And that would destroy your team because I think in the end, Kevin Love will decide to play for the Los Angeles Lakers. I think he will decide to go back home and play basketball. Kevin Love, Paul Gasol says, of his future with the Lakers, he will stay if for Kobe. Not if Kobe come back, but I guess for Kobe. So we will see. We will see what happened with that. Uh, Goran Dragic wins most improved player of the year. I want to give a, a, you know, give thumbs up to Jeff Hornacek because there's a lot of guys on the team was uh, was in and running for a lot of awards. Although they didn't make the playoffs, and sometimes when you don't make the playoffs, you, your your team don't get those awards because they didn't make the playoffs. You can, you can give a most improved to a losing team. You can give a most improved to a team that's didn't make, I, I shouldn't say a losing team, to a team who didn't make the playoff. Going drug just did that. Saying that to say this, all year we talked about who's going to be the star, not, not the star, who's going to be the, the leader, the captain of that team. Where's the direction? I didn't see any leadership. So now that he's most improved and you have um, – and they got to do a whole lot to get some guys uh, restructured or re-signed. Maybe it, would this be enough to make to convince Drug Goran that you're the team leader, you're, you're the guy. Even though Blevins, even though Blevins will, um, they have to sign him. It will only make sense for him for them to sign him. When he was on injury, he came back. They ran through they ran the offense through him to let him know, in my opinion, that this is how our offense would go if you was here, even with Goran uh, as a future star. Goran should have made the All-Star game. You watch as you look at the numbers. You compare the numbers around the, around the league and to the guys who did make it. Drogic should have made the All-Star. But he gets most improved. Is it enough to tell him to convince himself I got to come in with a whole nother direction. I need to take more leadership role, more captainship. I need to be more vocal if he's a vocal guy. It's going to have to be either him or Blevins as far as the vocal guy. And then, you know, some guys, some guys lead by example. Some guys just go out there and get it done. They work hard and it becomes contagious. So everybody works hard. So you got that. You got that most improved player. Uh, throughout the NBA, where does these sons go from here as far as who they pick in, uh, in the draft? Uh, I don't think anybody in the draft really can come in and change the dynamics of the team. I think that guy would it might take some time, but I think it's going to have to be a veteran who's going to come in and a veteran with some star power and not, not just the imagery of it, more so of getting it done on the basketball court. 
who's going to come in with some star power and um, put some points on the board, um, be that veteran leader. When I say veteran, I'm talking about seven years or more who's been on winning programs, who can see the future of the Suns and see how close the Suns really are to being where they want to be. That type of veteran. And the Suns have veterans, but they got a lot of young veterans. They got guys with five years or less experience. Um, what, what, who would be that veteran to come in for the Phoenix Suns with seven or more years or ten years that's been on a winning team that's still playing at a high level um, in the NBA? Who will be that guy and where will they get that guy from? And they do, they do have a draft pick, but I don't think that draft pick can come in right away and be the end-all to be-all for this team. So we will, we will see that. Congratulations to Jeff Hornacek on, on putting the team together. I think he's going to take more of a – he's not going to let us go as far as or as long as, okay, the team, the players didn't want to find a leader, so I'm going to dictate a leader. And you can do that by certain plays. Blevins coming off, getting the ball. Um, like, as I mentioned, Goran, does his mentality change? We should see about that. If you watched the game last night, the Portland Trailblazers and the Houston Rockets, the story is really LaMarcus Aldridge. Not just LaMarcus. Let's go with the whole Portland. And we talked about Portland. Portland the, uh, is the only show in town in Portland. So when they play at home, it's about to be it's about to be packed. It's about to be all about Portland and the Trailblazers, the Portland Trailblazers, and Marcus Aldridge. The guy puts up forty six points in the first game against them. They beat the Houston Rockets. He puts up forty three, and they beat the Houston Rockets. I don't think he has to hit forty plus points or more. But his shot is so smooth, it almost seems that he can't miss. I think he's a focus, more focused player um, as in pass. It's almost like he can't miss. He's worked on his game, worked on his shot. Um, his mind is in the right, right place when he hits the floor, when he hits the court. The Portland Trailblazers is hand up. And, and this is a team... The Houston Rockets was the team that everyone say, okay, Portland might win a game, but Houston Rockets win a series. Well, if you watch the game last night and you watch uh, Dwight Howard, how he came out, Dwight Howard had 25 points. He had 25 points in the first half of that basketball game. He dominated the first 10 minutes of that basketball game. He had 15 points, or maybe it was 10 to 12 points before anyone on his team scored. There's a lot of talk that they can't win that way. The Houston Rockets cannot win that way with him being a primary focus, uh, getting him the ball down low. There's such things as an inside-outside game. You have to be able to do that. Dwight Howard was hot, so you keep giving him the ball. But at some point, you're going to need James Harden to hit those shots out there. You're going to need a lot of those guys to hit those shots. So the inside-outside game works, but it has to be a chemistry. It has to be a balance because if not, those guys, when it's time to hit them, I'm, it's not like the Detroit Pickens. It's not like uh, Vinnie Microwave Johnson. 
where you come off the bench and you just hitting threes or hitting shots, hitting big shots. We're talking about this new basketball where these kids are coming out of AEIU or AAU, uh, coming out of one year of college. We're not talking about these kids as a, as a uh, Jesus Shuttleworth can hit anywhere on the court. We're talking about the Houston Rockets. And James Harden could be that guy to do it. Jeremy Lin needs to drive more. He needs to finish more. Jeremy, Jeremy Lin does a good job getting to the basket. The problem is he doesn't finish when he gets there. I think he ended up with five points. The Portland Trail Blazers defeated the Houston Rockets. 112 to 105. And it was a good game in the end. It was a good game in the end. As I mentioned, Portland being the only show in town. Game three is set in Portland at the Motor Center. That is Friday. You watch that game on Friday. This was this has become one of the most exciting games because I, I would like to see of the series of the playoffs because I want to see Dwight Howard should, who should be one of the most dominant men in basketball should be what I don't like about him is he smiled too much that's nothing wrong with smiling don't get me wrong with that I like laughing I like comedies I love those type of things but not when it's not when I'm on the clock. He smiles too much, and he, he makes the comments that this is who he is, this is how I go about my business, and he don't really care what he say. I understand that because I can care less about what people think about me. But if you're going to be the one, the most dominant man and you have Akeem Olajuwon sitting in your, on your bench, you have exposed, you have at your exposure Akeem Olajuwon every day why can't I talk about you for four for two halves of a basketball game? And again, he dominated that game in the first half. But at halftime, the score was 53-53. So in his domination, they should have been up by 8 to 10 points, 8 to 12 points. And because of a last-second shot, which tied it up, the Portland, Tra- Portland Trailblazer would have went into the halftime up by two. So Dwight Howard needs to be more dominant uh, for a full game. And I say more dominant, dominant, but I mean for a full game because he was, he was dominant last night. He came out and played how you wanted to play, but he didn't sustain that in my opinion. I think he ended up with 32 points. Who's going to guard LaMarcus Aldridge? The guy who hits 46 points in the first game and 43 points last night. 18 for 28 shooting. Those are great numbers. Great numbers. 6'11 guy just shooting over him. You put Dwight Howard on him and then go with that because you have to change it up. If you're the Houston Rockets, you have to change it up. You have to come in. uh, You have to go into the Motor Center on Friday night in Portland. You have to change it up. You have to find a way to get a game out there. If you don't... If you don't get that game, it is over. Because the Houston Rockets, you're the team that everyone talked about coming out of the first round against Portland. But let's, let us not forget that Portland Trailblazer, how they were at the beginning of the year, you can always put them in the mindset as the San Antonio Spurs. You're not really going to talk about them because of the market they're in. I want to talk a little bit more about this, so I'm going to take a quick break and we'll come back. I do want to get into some football and the schedule. I think the Seattle Seahawks was put behind the eight ball with their tough schedule as well as the Denver Broncos. Kwame Lassie Sports Talk. We'll take a break. We'll come right back.
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Yeah, welcome back to the last segment of Kwame Sports Talk. It is my Friday, as I won't be here Thursday. I have to go to Vegas for, if I can find a ticket. Them tickets are so high. But I do wait to the last minute. Something I've always done. I always wait to the last minute to do stuff. And I say I'm not going to do it, but I always do. My grandmother been telling me this for years. Hey, it's just who I am. You don't like it? You know the rest of that. But I am on my isogenics. I'm on my uh, E shots, my E pluses. I had to, and I think I taste, I take one of those probably every day. I don't know why they're good. It's a natural balance energy shot with apt- aptogens in it. You better do your research on that isogenics right there. I got two in the studio. I'm only taking one though. We're talking about the Houston Rockets and, and the disappointment of uh, losing two at home. And I'm not saying that that say that. They should have beat Portland both games. I'm just saying that you had a home and you can't win one game. I talked about the inside-outside game. I thought I thought the big fella came out and um, Dwight Howard came out and played well. How are you supposed to play? Dominate Lopez. You shouldn't be able to be defend Dwight Howard, but you have to have you have to have that domination. For an entire game The game plan shouldn't change if it works Even though you've had 25 points Going into the halftime And and that seems good, that sounds good But at halftime The score was still 53 Tie ball game So the inside-outside game is not working Harden is the only player Of the 16 playoff teams To shoot 19 or more shots A game and make Less than 33% of them He's done that in game one. He's done that in game two. James Harden in game one had 27 points. Now, 27 points sounds good, right? 27 points sounds good for a lot of point guards, for a lot of teams. He was arguably supposed to be the best shooting guard, 
that was arguably the conversation that they should have got rid, rid of uh, Sergei Ibaka f- and kept James Harding along with uh, Westbrook and uh, Durant. Now, that would be a nasty combination. That would be great, but Ibaka is not letting that team down at all. It comes down to a money situation. Now, as I mentioned, 27 points sounds good, but he was 8 for 28. That's 28%. 28 points, 6%. And I don't like math. Four turnovers. That was game one. Game two, he was 18 points. Still not bad. Still not bad, but you're one of the guys who handled the ball the most. Not bad at all. Six for 19. A little better than the 28%. He has 31.6%, six turnovers. I don't like the point guards to turn the ball over. You Even though now I can understand that you handle the ball more than anybody, you handle the ball more than anybody. So, so turnovers are a possibility. That's going to happen. But if that inside-outside game is going to work, James Harden has to shoot, have a better shooting percentage and have to turn the ball over less. James Harden said he's not worried about his offense. Well, I think you should be worried about your offense. I think you should be worrying about the, the 10 turnovers you had in the, uh, the two games. That's a lot of turnovers to create points for the other team. And you're playing against a Portland team that has you down by two, and they're on their way home to play. I think you should be worried about your offense. LaMarcus Aldridge shooting lights out. I don't see him being stopped in this series. Um, I, I think a bad, he, again, I mentioned he had 46 and 43 in the two games. He's the only player that has done that since Michael Jordan and Tracy McGrady. Tracy McGrady. I think a bad night for him in this playoff might be 33 points. And they and they still pull it off. If you look around that Portland Trail Blazer team, they have young guys who play like veterans. It is amazing uh, what these guys are doing over there. It is amazing what they are doing over there. But the Houston Rockets need to find a way to win a game in Portland come Friday night. Come Friday night, they need to find a way to win a game. Tonight's game, uh, you got the Indiana Pacers and Atlanta Hawks, Oklahoma and Memphis. You got the Clippers and Golden State. Clippers and Golden State. The Clippers got, the Golden State Warriors got smashed. They did still a game. They did still that first game in L.A. But they got smashed that second game. And I, I don't know what that was about. Were they content with winning one game? That should never happen in um in basketball, especially during the playoffs, because you looked at the, what the Portland Trail Blazers did to Houston in the first game. They was not content with winning their first game. They came out and they won the second game. Then they go to back home two games up. They go back home in the comfort of, of their home crowd two games up. And do they? I think they have three games there. Golden State Warriors got to find a way to win this game. Um, even though I think the Los Angeles Clippers is a better team, is the better team, uh, but a somewhat even match. I think it's going to come down who um, the point guard play, execution, as it always does, but the point guard play, 
another game to watch is the, um, as I mentioned with the Charlotte Bobcats, a feisty team who don't give up, who plays to the, plays to the, plays to the final whistle, the final horn. The Memphis Grizzlies is one of those teams also. The Memphis Grizzlies is that team that plays with defense. When I think about Memphis, I think about defense. Randolph and Gasol, a good combination. Oklahoma City Thunders, they do have uh, Garnett. I mean, I'm say Garnett. They have Durant and Westbrook. Ibaka, they have a lot of good role players over there. So that's another interesting game to watch tonight. That's 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Clippers coming on after that, 10, uh, 10.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, you know, if you're on the East Coast and you're watching that, you're not going to watch all that game. You'll be up till 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. First game that comes on tonight will be the Indiana Pacers, who needs to find some type of leadership, some type of direction. This was arguably the best team. They won a home field advantage, home court advantage, and they got it. They got against the Atlanta Hawks, who beat them in the first game. I think the Atlanta Hawks beat them again tonight. That's the game you want to watch at 7 p.m. And, that, and that's basketball right there. We, I do want to get into some football. I mentioned the schedule. The 2014 schedule, NFL schedule was released, uh, what was it, yesterday. And the first thing I saw was the Arizona Cardinals playing a Monday night game, which is great, which I will be at, which I will be there at that game against the San Diego Chargers. I also looked at the Dallas Cowboys. And when I looked at the Dallas Cowboys schedule, all I saw was 6-10. and 10. Now, I know the Dallas Cowboys can easily go 8-8, eight and eight, but just looking at the schedule, I just saw 6-10 and 10 and I moved on. And I, and I wasn't even surprised that maybe they can win two to four more games and get into the playoffs. All I saw was 6-10 and 10 with the Dallas Cowboys. Now, the teams, as I mentioned, well, I think the NFC West and the AFC West might be the toughest conference, might be the most competitive conference. But I look at the, San, the Seattle Seahawks, a team who just won a Super Bowl against the Denver Broncos. Well, first of all, their own conference, the Arizona Cardinals, San Francisco 49ers, and the St. Louis Rams. First of all, that's, those are three teams right there they have to deal with twice a year. Then they have to go on the road three, across the country three times. Dallas Cowboys, New York Knicks. They got the Green Bay Packers, Denver Broncos, Oakland Raiders. They have travel. They, they have to travel to St. Louis, Philadelphia, Washington Redskins, Carolina Panthers, Kansas City Chiefs, San Diego. That is a tough schedule uh, for those guys. Pete Carroll's gonna have to do a real great job, as he has done in the past, of keeping that team loose and ready to play come game time. We watched them last year go to Tampa Bay and. and into a 20-point deficit. They had to fight their way out of that. They end up doing that. And we talked about this team being the Super Bowl champion. We are talking about this team now to be in the Super Bowl favorite to win it again. Um, but I think the Arizona Cardinals might have something to say about that. What better time and year and place to play in your own Super Bowl and your own stadium? I wonder how many times that's been done. Unfortunately... I'm out of time. I do have a golf tournament, May 24th, El Conquistador. That's in Tucson. Check all the websites, search engines, and, and then um, you know reach out to me. There's a number of information, emails, and all those things up there. Um, that's it for the show. I will talk about some more football. The schedule is out. I only, talk, I only touched on Seattle. I only touched on Dallas. But Dallas is not really important. 
they're going to find a way. As long as they got Tony Romo, they're going to be at home. They're going to be playoff no-nos. Kwame Lassie Sports Talk. This is the end of the show. I won't be in tomorrow. Alex should be in or on the line. If not, I will see you guys Monday. I will try to call in. for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.